0: Welcome to Constant Struggle. I'm Nick Watson. She's Brie. Here we go. Oh, this is a super quick <laughs> intro pod. It's <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> a fast one today. We're going to get right into it.
0: <laughs> Do it. Enjoy it.
1: This is episode episode 68 of the Constant Struggle podcast uh, with special guest Sean Browning. We're going to talk about him in a second. Uh, a wonderful dude and uh, writer, performer. I just wrote the book, I Don't Seem So Bright in a Well-Lit Room. We'll talk okay. about it in a couple seconds. But right now, Nick, what's your update?
0: Uh, I'm editing.
1: Okay, great. <laughs> uh, good.
0: It's You're not doing- going well. Great. I hate my writing. Continue.
1: Go for it. Oh, wonderful. I am... Since I stopped doing my 10 or my 100 days of improv, I feel uh, lonely and alone and useless. (laughs) That's awesome. We're
0: full of struggles. Full of struggles.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, the only thing that brings me joy right now is it's always sunny in Philadelphia bloopers. Okay. That's where I'm at right now, (laughs) as far as the pandemic goes. But luckily, you're about to get some really great insight into your brain about uh, the writing process. If you're interested in writing novels, if you're interested in writing a book, if you're interested in, Editing the creative process in general. You're in luck because this episode is going to inspire you and inform you. So here we go. Check it out. Episode 68 with Sean Browning. Enjoy. We are joined today with uh, a, a great new friend. Uh, I've I've already made that uh, assumption. Um, I'm good, so yeah. That's we'll see great. how it works. Uh, Sean Browning's here today. He's a writer and performer. Um, sci-fi addict i've got your bio here and i don't want to just read it word for word because i feel <laughs> like that's cheating yeah. uh but i think uh, but i think uh, Im- importantly a writer and performer a humorist yeah. oh and a dad oh i like that Very, this yes is great yes. yes
2: that's the big job that's yeah the- all yeah. these
1: wonderful things that i what i what i am excited to talk to you about sean is your mm-hmm. uh, is your novel that you wrote but i also um am excited because we did a show once together, and I don't know if you remember.
2: I do, I do. I was actually just talking to my wife about that before the show, and uh, yeah, I was because it wasn't that that long ago, really. It was a couple. I mean, I haven't improvised a lot in the last few years, so it may have been the last time I improvised. So. Oh man! <laughs> but you I had a lot of fun. Night? I remember it was
1: great. It was in the before times, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> it was the ass face show, which is a yeah. hilarious name for a show. <laughs> uh, and we, yeah, it was really wacky long form. Oh man, those were yeah. good times. Uh, but where it's was over- that? It was at socap oh i miss at the socap
2: theater yeah and uh it had sort of like a a bit of a theme of like like you were doing like a, a funny twilight zone episode or something like it, it you, you would it was allowed to go weird and,
3: <laughs> they and encourage uh, it yeah
2: yeah and then like kind of supernatural or sci-fi kind of areas but not necessarily it was yeah it was really fun it was Very super silly. fun
1: what I love about this is that, Sean, you're bringing this improv that I, Nick, I get super annoyed that I bring up all the time. Oh but, my you're, God. <laughs> <laughs> but you've also written a book, which is something that Nick is working towards. Oh, excellent, uh, so it, excellent. It, it really combines both of our, it's like a the crossover of, this, of the skills, of the art. Mm-hmm anyway uh, it's a perfect
0: whatever. circle venn diagram there it is yes you're exactly That's what i'm talking about i'm gonna <laughs> yes. have to
1: draw one for the episode uh, promo but anyway <laughs> there we go or just put,
0: put the circle somewhere right just a bunch of
1: circles yeah i'll put them together anyway <laughs> uh, we're so happy you're here is what i'm saying i'm uh, happy to be
3: here very yay. happy
1: yay uh so why don't you if you don't mind uh, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about yourself how did you get into becoming a performer is it something you wanted to do from uh Childhood or?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, um, you know, it, when when I was a little kid, I grew up in a small town, uh, uh, like, I mean, small, like twelve hundred people, not even a town. It was a village, uh, the village of Maydock, Ontario. Oh
1: Man, that's the that's where you stop on the bus on the way home from. Ottawa. <laughs>
2: that's right. It's like that. It's like <laughs> one of the halfway points that in like yeah. Tweed, Ontario. I've got um,
1: many sandwiches in Maydock.
2: <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, uh, and it's uh probably at the ace submarine. Um it's uh but I was growing up and and most of the kids in that, you know, very uh you know, were brought up uh perhaps a little more uh blue collar. And uh so they and my dad was a school teacher, so it was a little more white collar, but again, he was like uh he was like a big sports guy and I was not. Uh <laughs> and uh so I wasn't really good at sports. I wasn't really good at anything. And um and all the other kids wanted to be like, you know, construction worker, policeman. I remember some one kid in uh, his thing said, uh, dump, tr- uh, dump truck guy. <laughs> and I always, always loved that. Dump truck guy. Nice. <laughs> what are you, Who are you? I'm dump truck guy. <laughs> um, and but I never knew what I wanted to do um, until one day I was a kid. And I was sitting down in front of the TV uh, and the show Soap was on. I don't know if you are familiar with the show Soap. Susan Harris, uh, from like who created golden girls. Uh, it was a show that she had before that. Uh, and oh. it was a, it was a comedy, a half hour sitcom, but it was a parody of soap operas. Oh yeah. And,
0: yeah Gary, Gary Soundling's in it, right?
2: No, no. Uh, but, but, uh, Billy Crystal got his start on it and was one of the first, uh, like gay characters, right. uh, ever on television. Okay. Yep. Um, And, uh, but there was a character, there's a character actor who was in it, who went on to be an Empty Nest named Richard Mulligan. And Richard Mulligan uh, is a character actor, he's been in, he was in all sorts of different things back then, Uh, but he played this this character named Burt Campbell uh, and who was kind of this rubber face, kind of like funny, just goofy, but could do like the serious moments and make you cry when he wanted to. Like he was really good. Uh, He's since passed uh, away cancer a number of years ago, but, I watched him perform and absolutely, I remember my mom coming in the room and I just pointed at the TV and said, that, (laughs) that is what I want to do when I grow up. I want to be Richard Mulligan.
3: Uh,
2: And uh, which is weird because I kind of followed his career. You know you know up until the point that he passed away uh and i was obsessed with anything I, I was making this joke with my wife the other day that other boys had like pictures of farrah Fawcett on their wall i had a, this old man and <laughs> 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 picture richard mulligan on my wall <laughs> oh, man from I, mean, I think the movie teachers <laughs> went through
1: something similar uh I- for me, it was uh, you know all the girls had the Backstreet Boys up in their right. lockers and stuff, and I had a picture of the Monty Python boys. So ah uh, yes yes
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, and Monty Python sort of took that even further for sure. Because a friend of mine, his father was from England, uh, and yeah. had all their albums. Oh, nice. So this before we saw any movies or anything, we used to listen to these Python albums and uh, just loved it. Uh, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, like the original yes. series. Um, which is where I fell in love with, it, I think, with sci with sci fi. So,
1: awesome, I love yeah. it. So, did you from there uh, when you pointed to the TV and you're like, "This, mom," uh, yeah. did you sign up for? Was it the kind of thing where she signed you up for classes or no?
2: No, in fact, uh <laughs> no, it was quite the immediately opposite. brought you to a dump truck. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah no. Uh, no, sure? um, no, they didn't really they were like, Oh, he loves to do his little puppet shows outside, that's fine, but out of old fridge boxes and stuff, uh in the garage, uh, and put on little talent shows and stuff. But no, even yeah. when I got up into uh like grade school, uh I you know, n- not saying anything bad about it, it's a lovely little town, but uh it didn't really have a huge art scene, especially back then, especially through high school and whatnot i remember starting a drama club in high school and it was Ooh. me one other boy and 15 young women
3: <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> and sounds about- as soon
2: as girls volleyball started up it was just me and that other guy <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man uh but uh no it wasn't till uh when i first went to university my very first year of university uh a friend of mine who had been I went to York and a friend went to York as who had gone to York the year before was starting a band. And I played mandolin and and sang. I was I had done a number of musicals and stuff at that point, just like community theater things, but still. Um, And uh, he asked me to be like, start the band with him. So it was me and this other guy and him and we and then the other guy brought another guy in and that kind of thing. So we were in this band called Snidely Whiplash. like early 90s i'm talking like maybe my first year university so that would have been 92. cool uh okay, and what kind of
1: music uh were we where are we talking about here
2: um rock and roll we, we used to play a lot with the lowest of the low and uh and a few like so it was sort of like canadiana kind of folk rock kind of vibe right. love it it was not really up my my what I would I normally listen to because I'm a total Britpop and new wave guy, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Uh... But I sang a couple of songs. anyway, it, long story short, I got kicked out of that band <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> for creative differences oh, um, when really it was just I think it's just a battle of egos. And, and I'm not going to get into it, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was very hurtful. And I actually kind of like closed up for a bit, uh, oh. closed up shop. But then I, I, I was, I was kind of like, I miss it. So I started my own band called Schroeder oh. uh, where I was just the lead singer and I didn't have to because I, I really always had trouble playing and singing at the same time uh so i could i was just focused on singing um and we did uh yeah we uh we played for a number of years around toronto um and i was just taking i i dropped it off university after my second year and ended up just like bumming around and uh with a, some roommates and
1: what were you what were you studying at york initially like what had, was it theater or
2: i no, i was i was actually a screenwriting major oh, um okay. mm, uh nice. but but it was i was a film major but screenwriting was my and the thing the odd thing is it, it at york i don't know what it is it's like now but at the time there were only three classes in my major in the school <laughs> so uh there's like three screenwriting classes and then you were like yeah. you're supposed to take all these other classes and film classes and second year i was just like uh i can't be bothered right. <laughs> um and uh Still,
1: it sounds more practical than your film degree nick
2: yeah, well,
0: my friend Nick Hessler, he went to York for film and actually oh, made. I know film. Nick. As what? opposed to me, he was
2: like, "Let's go theory." And... Nick,
1: did you hear that he said he knows Nick Hessler?
2: Oh, <laughs> th- what? No, I I'm missed that pre- part. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm pretty sure I know Nick. I, I, yes. I, I mean, I haven't seen him in twenty years or so, but I, I do like I know that name so well. Yeah, I, I can. I am starting to. The face is starting to come to me.
3: <laughs> okay, um,
0: and and the, the fact that your band's called Schroeder. I have a friend called Wes Schroeder. So I was like, wait, do I know this band, or am uh, I just
2: thinking of Wes? Well, I didn't even mean it. Mean to do it, uh, but Snidely Whiplash is the name of a Canadian uh, of a of a cartoon character, Car- right? He was yeah. the villain in Dudley Do Right. Uh, Thank you. I was like, yeah. what's-
0: I thought he was the bad guy in some other thing, but yeah, Dudley. Yep, that it's, makes sense, Yeah, the,
2: the one who used to tie women to trains, and he had the big curly mustache, uh, and the top hat, and the cape.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: and uh, and Schroeder was named after the the Peanuts character who played the piano. So they're yeah. both they were both named cool. after cartoon characters. So I didn't. I mean, I realized that after. I didn't just realize that now. <laughs> that would be sad. But um...
1: <laughs> I'm trying to look for a photo of Nick Kessler, but um, I'm not.
0: Yeah, he hasn't really changed.
1: Okay. So, yeah, he's, like, oh,
0: yeah, teaching uh, video shine, games and stuff at Sheridan right now. Oh, oh okay.
2: Right. Yeah, well, I I kind of got out of the music thing and had always wanted to go to Second City, uh, like, take classes in Second City. And I was working in retail at a job I hated, uh, which I worked at for many years. And, uh, and I met my wife uh, at that time, um, Kim, and, uh, yeah, because we've, we've like, this will be our 25th wedding anniversary this year.
1: Oh, congratulations.
2: Thank you. And um, we were together years. for a few years before that. Um and uh yeah, so uh, I went to second I, I the the job ended uh like the store closed down and I ended up getting a severance package and and thought this is the oh. perfect time. I have a little bit of time to do second city and fell in love yep. with it and yes. ended up graduating from the conservatory there. Uh met my what? comedy partner Matt Reed. We yeah. became Reed along with Browning and uh did a lot of sketch shows as a duo and I totally got out of music. <laughs> uh and then just from there just got into acting and I worked in casting for many, many years and still do a little bit. And uh that's about it. I mean the book as I think the book was something I've always wanted to do as well. I would I would even put that before you know Richard Mulligan. Like just in the back of my head, I always loved books and I always like, oh can you just imagine seeing your name on one of those spines up there on the shelf and and uh creating these worlds and stuff like that and i tried you know i'm uh, i'm turning 48 soon and i've tried for many years to start novels and finally this one happened so
0: well yeah first of all like what's uh what's the book about
2: uh well it's a it's it is called uh i don't seem so bright in a well-lit room a light bulb. uh and it's it's sci-fi comedy
0: not, well, okay, cool. Um,
2: and uh, so, I mean, it's 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 been compared to like Hitchhiker's Guide and that kind of thing. Um, and it started out with Matt and I were doing a uh, doing a comedy show. One of because we used to be this the the house troupe for like a monthly show, so we had to do three sketches every what month. Show?
1: What show was it? If you don't mind my, I'm going to jump in because this. Yeah, has- it was
2: <laughs> it was called Eclectic Circus, and it used to be at the old Tim Sims Play uh, Theater uh, at yeah. Second City. Uh, And we did the character night with the Shahori brothers and uh, they so they did this this sketch. It was a sketch show. Um, And for the first half of the show, we were like the side stage. So we do a sketch while the others, the guest sketches were setting up and whatnot. Um, We sort of got a reputation of being like, you know, a bit crazy and, and, (laughs) you know, non sequitur and, you know, like a lot of weird stuff Um, and. we were doing this this anniversary show and they did they, so for the anniversary they got us to do this uh where we got a premise from the audience at the beginning of the show and we had to go out of the theater like out on the balcony the smoking balcony at second city and uh and write a sketch uh, and perform it at the end of the show based oh, on that right. based on that uh suggestion so matt and i went out there and andrew alexander who owns second city owned 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 second city that's right he came out uh and and just sat down with us (laughs) and we were like wow and i'd never met him matt had because he'd played piano with uh with second city Mm -hmm. um and he had seen us and he had heard good things and whatnot so he asked us he said would you guys be interested in putting like a pilot idea together for a tv show
3: cool
2: and and we were like yeah uh so (laughs) what are you gonna say no yeah uh so yeah and we kind of went off and uh and nothing ever came of it obviously uh but But you
1: wrote it though I mean well no
2: well this is just it Matt and I were like okay our comedy really doesn't we tried and the comedy really (laughs) needed to be live it didn't translate Mm. to to video at all so we were like what else could we do something else and I came up with this idea for the sci-fi show where the two of us play these two bumbling idiot aliens who end up accidentally saving the universe. (laughs) Uh, And, and I, and I wrote this whole treatment and I wrote all this other stuff and it didn't go anywhere. We actually pitched it to, uh, uh, other, we pitched it, to to the comedy network and space network and nobody knew what to do with it because I was bound and Ben, it was going to be an hour long, like star Trek show, Mm -hmm. but funny
3: right and mm-hmm. nobody
2: could really wrap their brain around that it's like it's I mean, now you see the orville and it's like oh yeah, yeah yeah but this was like 15 years ago so uh 20 years ago maybe now um so I, but i always had that stuff so in all these years i tried to write the novel and i never it, nothing really ever went past like chapter three or chapter four and then one day I, I sat down and i just i was i i had was writing this other memoir book which is up on on wattpad called uh, uh winged migration of the flightless bird and it's and it's a story about me and it's just me but it's me dealing with my mental health with this invisible dodo uh that follows me around uh and it's all but it's all fantasy so it's all stuff that I'm dealing with stuff in my head by traveling through a a mountain and meeting a giant like that kind of thing uh and one of the chapters I wrote on that because I was so bound but I really want to do something with these two characters Pato and I so I wrote a chapter about them where I met them and realized they were my creation and it was it was kind of kind of meta I don't know uh, but the uh, yeah. <laughs> but then I then I sort of got stuck on chapter four again as I do and I kind of just went okay I got a, another stuff happened and I got torn away from it and then I was like screw it I'm gonna write a novel and I'm just gonna use all my notes for the tv show hmm. I had so I pulled all those out and wrote this book and I and I the title came up this was actually a, a tweet uh, joke that I won that I put out that I, I was like I kind of like that name, that name I don't seem so bright in a well-lit room um, that's a so that's uh, it's it's a a the, show. Was, the show was originally called uh, the adventures of infamous potto and I uh, Pato, uh, and Pato and I is they're both lemurs <laughs> but they're they're not the characters aren't lemurs but they're just I was like I, I need names and I liked these two lemur names and the, the idea that they were sort of lesser primates <laughs> <laughs> because, they, because they very much are these two characters, but, um, anyway, so that's, that's, yeah, that's where it all, uh, it all came from. And then I just, I started looking at it like it was a job. Uh, I had a year where, cause I was a stay at home dad at the time. And I do auditions from time to time, but I found time every day to go to this one coffee shop on the Danforth, go in write for three hours, have a few cups of coffee and leave. Oh, and, nice. and then, and I did that as much as I could. And I, I, it took me a year. And a year later, I was like, shit, I have this book.
1: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I know you got it published. I know you have a publisher. And the reason I know is because
0: uh, people, You showed us your book. <laughs> and you
1: showed us your book. Well, you could have self-published that and yeah, sure, uh, printed yep. it yourself. For sure. Uh, but PK is the one who PK told me that you guys ha- share a publisher. Did, did you originally, were you planning on sending it out to publishers or did you send it out to publishers or did you, were you thinking about self-publishing? How were you planning on getting the book out?
2: Well, that's the, that's the tough part. Like I, that's, and I find that I, and I've talked to so many other people who've written books that, that go through this turmoil of like, do I follow a big publisher or try to get a big publisher or do I self publish? Or there's this other hybrid in the middle but that's that can be very expensive uh so you've got big publishing and big publishing uh it's, this is all just from my point of view of what i learned someone could say say i'm completely wrong and off but i don't know it's this is how i see things uh the big publishers that have pros and cons they both have pros and cons but the mm-hmm. big publishers one most of them you need an agent uh and so you have to go that search first uh it's very hard to find an agent or a publisher, especially in Canada, that does genre stuff. Huh. Uh, there are some, but uh, as you can imagine, there's quite a few people trying to get seen. Uh so you you kind of go through like my friend uh, Ron Tite, who's who's wonderful, uh and he's written stuff. Uh he he was great on giving me advice. Uh now Paul PK, uh he was on uh social media uh putting his stuff out there. Um so I wanted to I was like okay well let's uh I started asking him like how do you go about this how do you get it on there like the the that was Wattpad how do you get on there how do you do this that and the other What is I,
1: what what can we rewind what is Wattpad
2: Um Wattpad is a sort of like I want to say it's kind of like y- you maybe like Instagram or YouTube but for books mm. Do you get So and any, do you pay a little bit per page or something as well for that one or am no, I nope no you can i think uh there is a there are some books on there that uh, in fact one of Paul's is, is a paid book hmm. so he gets uh, some royalties from that which is great uh but only it's a very small percentage of the books on there they had to be like like win the wadi award and all this other stuff uh which he did because he's got oh. a, a wonderful book on there uh, so he um uh, he gave me the advice and I went through there and uh, I had it on there and suddenly it was getting all sorts of reads and it was actually getting on like top 10 charts for like, uh, it actually made it to like number one in uh, action, number awesome. one in ad- adventure, sci-fi, uh, uh, a WTF, <laughs> 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 a few other things. and uh, And so that got people seeing it. And mostly, and I was really surprised by this because I was writing this for, you know, with, with adults in mind thinking, you know, maybe the the humor is a little, I don't know, referential. Like maybe it's something that is like maybe for an older group, but no, I checked because you can look at your stats on uh, Wattpad and see what your demographic is. And my biggest demographic are young women between the ages of 18 and 24.
1: Wow. My really?
2: country. The country that's read it the most is the Philippines, which is like, oh, cool. The the United States after, which is really cool too. Yeah. Um, So uh, he got me started on that. And this guy had read the book and he he was starting a publishing company. Um, And he said, hey, this is the best. This is what I offer. Now getting back to this uh, big publishers, you need an agent, you need, you need, uh, it, it takes a long time. And they own your book and you get Mm -hmm. very little off of that you get very little they usually give you like a ten thousand dollar advance, and that could take you years to to pay off that'll be the only money you might ever see on your book right and then if it doesn't sell well when that's paid off they just cancel your book and they own it still so you can't do anything with it uh i think you can contract it so you take it over again. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But um, so that, but it also takes a long time. It can take you years and years and years and years for that to ever anything to to come to fruition. And I send it off to a few people and didn't hear back. And uh, then there's self-publishing and self-publishing, which most people do through Amazon uh, works very well, but uh, you get the biggest percentage of your book, but you have to do all the work. Uh, And if you don't know what you're doing, it can be very confusing. Uh, and you, uh, and getting it out there for people to see is very difficult. Um, some people are very successful at it, especially if they have a lot of books and they sort of built up a, an audience through social media and this, that, and the other. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't, it's like, what do I do? I do, what do I do? Because once, once it's self-published though, big publishers probably aren't going to look at it, right. Uh, cause they want something that hasn't been. Unless you like sell ten thousand copies, and then they're right there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Then they'll be there pretty
3: quick.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, sign here, please. We'll take it. We'll take it from here. Uh, well, this guy offered me. He was starting up the, the uh, Storywell. And he, this uh, David Schmokel, He lives in like uh, Indiana, and he was. Uh, and uh, maybe I shouldn't have said any of that. <laughs> all these people are going to be like, Dave's going to be like, I keep getting all these phone calls now. Oh yeah, um, all
1: t- all twenty of our listeners are. <Yeah>.
2: Uh, still twenty phone calls is a lot. That's true. Calls. That's a lot. Yeah, we'll,
1: I'll we'll tell them to scatter it. <laughs> <laughs> scatter your phone calls, please.
2: <laughs> but uh, he's uh, so I I was like, cause he you know on Facebook or sorry Wattpad you do get a lot of offers from like these uh, apps. They're like, yeah, we'll give you like ten dollars to have your book forever on our thing oh, for cool. free, and and you're yeah. kind of like I don't know about <laughs> this. But so I, his kind of started out that way, and I was like. Okay. I don't know what this is, but I read more and I was like, actually, this sounds like pretty good. Hey, let's uh, send him a message. So I sent him just like a message and said, sure. Why not? Let's talk about this. Uh, We zoomed. Uh, We instantly fell in love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He actually, it was really funny because we were very similar people. I was just, it was like, I was, he was like the American me. It was just like, okay, this is weird. Uh, And, um, and, and he was publishing his own book and he was publishing, uh, and, and he was looking for other books to publish. He, so he ended up publishing mine. Uh, he was looking for other writers and Paul had helped me out so much with Wattpad because my book wouldn't have been written if it weren't for Paul. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if he knows that. I think I've told him that, but, uh, I, I, I'm a pretty sappy guy. So I probably have told him that <laughs> probably a number of times, especially after a few beers. Uh, I love you, Paul. Um, Aww. Oh, but
1: uh it's so strange to hear people calling him Paul.
2: Oh PK, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so uh he um so when when uh I knew that he had his, one of his books, PK's books, oh is pretty much owned by Wattpad now because it's the on the paid program. So they he can't really mess with that too much. I mean he still has the rights to it, but he can't, I think he can't do both. Or like, I don't know what huh. this I don't know how it works to be honest. But he said, uh, or Dave said, my publisher, and he was like, you know, can you recommend any others that I could look at? And I was like, hey, let's, my friend uh, PK has written a book. Uh, he's written a, a bunch of books. Uh, so I hooked them up and they talked, and he loved PK's book uh, too. So PK's on there now. Um, and there was a young woman from, um, I believe, I'm going to get this wrong and feel like a schmuck. Um, I think she's in France now, but I don't think she's originally from France. Maybe Romania. Um, maybe Romania. I don't know. Uh
1: well that's cool though. That, that he's taking on clients from all over, not just from yeah. not in the US.
2: Yeah, and she had this book called Skylarking in the fog that I was reading on Wattpad, and I really liked it. So I said, Hey, why don't you talk to her too? And he did, oh, and cool. now she's signing on. And and my friend Nick Croft uh, has written a book that's really fun and again funny and uh kind of. little bit sci-fi and uh and uh his book got read by and it's going on so that's and i think that's his his limit for the year but i mean it was like great we have a nice little cache of books and and he uh i didn't find this out till later because i i have uh very low self esteem. Uh and I, <laughs> and I and I yes, and I do, a, a I do have I do have a number of mental health issues. I suffer from depression and I have an anxiety disorder that is can be quite debilitating. And uh and I that's was sort of the theme of my of the book as I wanted to work that into the story a little bit and make it sort of a little bit more Normalized. of a thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh and I so when he uh he read it, it Resonated with him, and he—I uh, had no idea that he had said to his—he was—he was just going to self-publish his book, but he was looking for a career change, and he works in like video editing and whatnot and filmmaking, and he was in a—he was actually in a band uh, that was on the—he was the lead singer of a band that was on the American Pie Two soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jettingham. Mm. They had a song called <laughs> Cheating. That was on the soundtrack mm. anyway. He was lead singer of that band. And I was had been lead singer of a band. So that, again, that was another thing we had in common. Oh, but I didn't know this. Uh, and this when, when you have low self-esteem, uh, this is like in a one of the weird, like I, I'll probably tear up telling the story. Um, but he uh I found out that he was writing, he wrote his book and was just going to self-publish it. But he was, as I said, he was looking for a career change, and he said to his wife, he read my book and he goes, I you know we could we could finally start the the publishing company that I've always wanted to start. Yeah. Uh and she was like, "Well, what do you like what's this thing what like what do you want to do?" And he said, "Well, you know what? Let's let's look at it this way. I'm going to ask this Sean Browning guy in Toronto uh if he's interested in me publishing his book. If he says yes, I'm starting a publishing wow. company. And if he says no, I'm just going to self-publish. And I was just like what? And he said, (laughs) he goes, yeah, I I basically started a publishing company to publish your book.
1: Oh man.
2: So, and it's, which explains why he gave me such a good deal. Like, you know, the percentage I'm getting and stuff like that. I still own the rights. And he was just, he's been like, this is all, how long did that help with your
1: self-esteem? How long did you hang on to that positive moment before you started feeling like a piece of shit again?
2: good good 12 13 hours oh, that's, that's, pretty <laughs> that's pretty good that's <laughs> a solid half day of fun that's right that's right well i was asleep through most of that but no. still oh, i'm wow. assuming yeah it's a good good night's sleep yeah, I'm, a, I'm assuming that i you i felt well. good about myself while i was sleeping i had good dreams that night
1: <laughs> oh that's incredible that's yeah incredible.
2: it's really sweet it's like uh yeah yeah I, I i hard to say much more about that but uh
1: that's pretty amazing. Uh, what a yeah, what a wonderful way to for people for human beings to connect to. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I've never heard about this uh this uh What Pad Webpad. Nick, are you familiar with Webpad?
0: I I've heard it just because I listen to a, a, like podcasts on self-publishing and stuff. So it comes okay. up every once in a while.
2: Yeah, there's there's millions of people on there. Um uh it's it's sort of uh like um I can't nothing's
0: coming through my mind like
2: tinder showed up
0: I'm like nope that's yeah. not it <laughs> <I laughs> it's gri-
2: grinder that's the oh my gosh yeah yeah that's so i've been publishing on grinder now for a while <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh... are
1: you getting a good response
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see wordpress wordpress yes oh, thank is it you wordpress yeah you yeah it is wordpress ah. oh, so I it's see. sort of it's sort of down that road but whereas wordpress goes off into a little bit maybe a little more serious wattpad kind of turns into turns it a little bit more because it's wattpad started as like a fan fiction kind of play thing
0: Ooh. uh
2: huh. site uh with a lot of young people writing like anime stuff and you know and like,
0: just harry potter boning
2: yeah 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 and you know like the the two brothers from Supernatural, making it and so, stuff. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> I know. I don't know if that's. Step
1: Brothers is like.
2: <laughs> <That would laughs> well, they so that's uh, but that's how it started. But it became like I mean, over the years, it became quite a. As I said, there's millions of writers from all over the world on there now. The head office, I think, is in Toronto too, which is kind of nice. But, uh, um, it's a good way to sort of get your your book going. I if I didn't hmm. have it, I don't think I would have finished because, I was publishing my my chapters as I went. Oh, so, cool. All right. so it almost became like episodic for people. So they oh, would be true. waiting for the next episode.
1: How does that work for editing and stuff? Have you like already made sure that your chapters are like super well edited before you throw them up there or?
2: As best as I can, but uh, uh, it's amazing. Like even when the book came out, we've just done a new edit on the book because the book comes out and I read it uh, just to see how it it felt in <laughs> my hand <aunt> reading it because <laughs> it's you know kind of really cool but uh um and I found all sorts of typos <laughs> wow. not, no no not a lot but and they were ones that uh you're the, the type that your brain fills in the gap when you're yeah. reading yeah. that's why they don't get noticed yep yep um like a missing letter here a uh efficient
0: <laughs> brain <laughs> yeah
2: yeah a missing ah like that nice. kind of thing but your brain, as you're reading it, just yeah, puts it, just it in there right. when you're when you're zipping through, right? That's why very few people have noticed it. Wattpad is kind of neat because what I would do is I would write it, and then I would do my first edit, and then I give it to my wife, uh, Kim would do an edit uh, because she's way better at the sort of like punctuation kind of stuff, like <laughs> where commas go and that kind that of. Sounds thing.
1: like a <laughs> Nick's process up there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I would take it back, and then I'd do another go at it uh, for content and just maybe rearrange a few things. Uh, and then I put it up on Wattpad and as soon as it was up, I do another read just to see how it read in that paragraph format that just to see if there's anything else and do one more edit on that. Hmm. And then there it is. But people can comment on, on it as they go. You can comment on a sentence
1: and do the, oh, oh, I see. So, so it's almost like a Microsoft Word document where you can yeah. recommend changing. So
2: unlike Oh, exactly.
0: Unlike Twitter, you can go in and edit it afterwards. Yeah, I you can totally go in and yeah, again. you can
2: go in and edit it afterwards for sure. Yeah, perfect. And then okay. it publishes it again and puts it out of notice this chapter has been is published again. Like have another look at it, that kind of thing, which is Ooh. great to your followers. If you know you have them, it takes a while to, to build them up. Uh,
0: this sounds and excellent.
2: And that's uh, you know, that was uh, that really helped me. Um, I was getting a lot of good feedback and any other typos were caught by readers because they're and and not in a, in a jerky way no. they're like because they're trying no, to help yeah oh wait we found this just don't know if you noticed it so you'd fix it and then erase their their comment and then nobody cares it's like you don't erase a comment if it's saying hey i love your this part <laughs> That's but sick. you do erase Shut it up, if it's dick. if you fix it it doesn't make sense to keep it there anymore right because right. then someone's just going to be looking for it it's like i, I don't see, see it. it yeah uh yeah, So that was uh that motivated me, and that's why I, I thank uh PK so much because uh, and that's why when they the first when 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 uh, Dave said hey we, we want to have more books on this, uh, do you know any other good books say on mm-hmm. Wattpad that I could read and approach the person? And I was like, PK, cool, uh, time for a little a little uh good payback, you know, yeah, pay um, because forward. he helped me out a lot and he was doing very well on 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 Wattpad too, he's got a lot of readers on on Wattpad. So cool. uh and does very well but he was yes i said he's he, he's never had Wattpad is just a <sighs> online right so you don't you can't you don't hold the book physically yet yeah. they have published about i think 10 or 15 they they what press and they put them in bookstores but you have to be and i've noticed a lot of them are very like teen romancy kind of mm. uh sure. <laughs> and and whatnot so they, they things that they know we're going to sell right uh mm, okay. and they're doing very well i think one Wattpad authors uh or at least one um, has a uh, movie deal now, and oh, cool. her her books are being made into a, a few movies. And they, you know, they've got over millions. They've got millions of readers. So, uh, awesome. and you know, that's that was really cool for me too because I decided uh, not to take it down from Wattpad.
1: So you're allowed to keep it up there as well as have like have it published separately.
2: If for, from a Wattpad's uh, point of view, if you're not like on their their paid program or anything,
1: right? Okay, yeah.
2: Makes- uh, so I'm just like a, you know, regular Joe on there. So I, uh, so I'm fine. It's more like on the other end of it, you have to talk to your publisher and make sure that they are okay with you keeping it on there.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, and he was totally cool with it because, you know, I can use it to even though they can read it on there for free, I'm hoping that they read it and go, oh, I want to copy of this in my hand. Yeah, or even uh, start
1: reading it and decide that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: And because I have in there, it's like, if you like this book, please help support me. And by buying my book on, uh, you know, Amazon chapters, Barnes and Noble, wherever you can order books, wherever books are sold. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And uh, the reason I did that, though, was because not just for the that reason of maybe getting a few extra reader uh, people buying the book, but it was because when I looked at those charts and I was talking to a lot of younger people uh, who would send messages and asking for like writing advice, I noticed that a lot of them were coming from countries that don't have access to a lot of like Amazon type of booksellers, or were young and didn't have any money. Right. Mm. And I didn't want to deny these people that because it's like, they've been really good to me and I'm not going to like suddenly go, oh, whoop, no more book, right. you know, you had to pay for it if you want it now. I was <laughs> like, no, I mean, I got these. these these, uh, I've got a lot of young people in the Philippines and a lot of young people in uh, Africa. I became really good friends with a young woman in Nigeria. We've actually Zoomed uh, and she's really sweet. She, and it's, we just met through, she wanted to interview me because uh, she, she loved the book, not even for anything. She just wanted to ask me some questions. And I was like, oh, awesome. all right, cool. Uh, and now we're, we're good friends, yeah. But they can't, you know, there's not a lot of like, ways to get books from other places uh there and uh and when they do they they're very expensive so oh
0: yeah
2: i'm like no i'm not going to take this away from people who help me you know feel good about myself start a career start a career yeah well that's awesome oh that's great so that's it i was
0: just wondering what how you would define your your writing like uh, on the the pantser plotter uh dichotomy because to me it sounds like if you're doing Bits by bits. That sounds like panther territory. Like you're flying by the seat of your pants, as opposed to you've got the
2: whole outline of your story ready. Oh, um, that's a good question. I I actually have uh, the way that I write. Uh, one, I, I half of the not half the book. I would say about a a third of the book uh, mm-hmm. I had mapped out into episodes for the T S TV sense. show. So I yeah. kind of had a few wow. notes just to give me some ideas. I had. Yep. I had the core group of characters uh there uh and i had a notebook so i but basically what i do is i would say this is what i need to get out in that chapter oh, this, okay to, for this yeah. for the story and this is so these are the points that i need to get out in this chapter and i, I usually only get about halfway through them and be like oh i look okay, at the chapter i need to move on to another chapter so yeah. these ones have to go into the next chapter so which actually was great because i was like had too much content instead of not enough I would tell you're like,
0: well, like, this story is just writing itself. And that's <laughs> what happened. That? You know what?
2: That's what happened. I got to tell you, I, uh, uh, part of, you know, the anxiety and everything else is, is because I can, I'm, I'm quite a very emotional person. And I remember, I was sitting in uh, the coffee shop one day. <laughs> this is really funny. And I'm writing the story and, and, uh, see how you even get a little teary thinking of this, because uh, this moment was just like, such a weird moment uh I was writing the story and one of the characters who was one of the more lead characters but she was like a little bit more minor uh a little bit more minor uh and I'm writing her and I wrote her out of the story she got killed at the end of the chapter Uh. and and I didn't know I didn't know it was coming oh no the story just was going there and Uh. and that's what happened and it caught me off so like that I sat there and I and I started crying and I'm, (laughs) I'm sitting there at the in this coffee shop, like <laughs> embarrassed, like and people walking by going, is that okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, he just Dad. killed a major character. And I'm like, no, I'm mourning the gone. death of this character. This is, this was, this was, this, was, this is a big deal.
1: Oh,
2: and that's, and that's, I mean, this, there's a, it is a dark book. Like I'm not gonna lie. There's a, there's a lot of dark humor in it. Uh, so there are some, a number of like deaths and whatnot that happen haphazardly, but they, I try to make them fairly light, like and kind of funny the way they happen um and mostly to to characters i've probably just introduced <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: like and total I, red shirt yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah it's a red
1: shirt situation
2: well, i have a <laughs> I, I, I won't give too much away but i'll I, I the ship is the ship that they're flying is powered off the brainwaves of a psycho killer that they they that got trapped in the engine room and they were able to <laughs> knock out and attach the so it's being powered by the psychotic like Jason Voorhees Ew. type yeah. character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
2: Um, but he's trapped, he can't get out, right? But there is one just chapter. Make him where...
1: more frustrated,
2: <laughs> right? So there is one chapter where he gets out. So I just have a chapter that's just introduce a victim, then he kills him, <laughs> introduce a victim, then he kills them, introduce a victim, and and it was a lot of fun to write. And I was like, it, it was very silly. Like I wasn't, there was it was gross and whatnot, but it was very funny. And it was like, so I was chuckling away, like killing off this next character that was absolutely ridiculous. Like a guy who 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 ran the uh the underground spaceship parking lot underneath a building. <laughs> it was obsessed with scolding people. <laughs> and all he really wanted in his whole life was a small little trophy. And the this guy who this PR guy who lived or was worked up above was coming down to give him that trophy that one day. And that's when he got, he got killed and as well as the guy who gave him the trophy. And I was just like another guy was an inventor who like uh, who invented all these ridiculous things that never got picked up. And he just had finally made the patent on like this this thing that was going to was going to make him rich and so well known. And he was just on the way to the, the post office to put the thing in the in the thing, and he gets murdered. As well. But but he drops it in there. Oh, and I was okay. very happy well, that he got like, it in there and then it just ends anyway. with yeah. it, and it went off it and the Alanis Morris said killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but that was so much fun to like write like that. Because uh somebody just commented on my Wattpad uh asking me, um it was kind of a weird comment because they were like, Oh, uh very interesting uh prologue because I could because everything I've heard prologues are 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 out of style now and I was just like all right <laughs> like what do you want <laughs> so, so it's like yeah so have you had an editor tell you that or anything like maybe you should get rid of I'm like yeah this is this is why I love working with Dave for one thing because I don't have like some I don't have to follow any trends because every I found that one of the problems with me writing any other book was I, I was thinking about my audience too much mm-hmm. and I wrote this book just I was just like I'm just going to write something stupid that makes me happy in go. my right. style, and I'm gonna put a prologue on there, and I'm gonna write a whole chapter backwards if I want to. I don't <laughs> care. I didn't, yeah. but I, <laughs> but, but I was like, I'm gonna, I, I don't care, and that, and that kind of freedom finally made me go, it, like, it, there were no walls. There was just like me, just I'm gonna write anything that sounded stupid.
3: Yeah,
1: I and there were
2: jokes in there that I know that I was the only one who ever will laugh at.
1: <laughs> I made that. I made a comment like that in improv class today. I was like, "Look, sometimes I'm going to drop a reference about the First World War, and that's just going to be for me, okay? But you know, you're allowed to do that sometimes." <laughs> that's right. That's
2: right. <laughs> well, I I use the there's a there's an alarm system that goes off in this, and I keep using this joke over and over again, and no, finally, <laughs> finally, one person was like, "That's hilarious," and I was like. Thank you. One person got it. Every time I mention colors, I always throw in the color puce, but I always say bright, uh, very yeah. bright puce.
1: Is that like a purplish? What's no? Nah, it's like a it's it, that's like
2: saying neon brown. <laughs> like puce can, isn't really it can't be a bright color. But I <laughs> I never just write puce. It's always bright right. puce. <laughs> and I just thought, I me I'm giggling away. Bright puce. That's stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid. And uh, yeah, and I'm like everyone's just reading it going because no, I just realized well, a lot of people know what puce is. Yeah. That's that's the problem. <laughs> I mean I don't know if I knew what puce was until I wrote it. <laughs> this isn't me being pretentious <laughs> i was just like that's stupid if somebody you <laughs> get somebody will somebody tickle someone <laughs> yeah um, why not i love it so yeah and that's you know that's sort of the idea i wanted to uh just have like idiot fun you know uh but make it as smart as possible and uh and just to, to throw this out there i i wasn't asked but I'm going to answer anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, when you write sci-fi comedy, it's immediately going to be compared to Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's yep. Guide to the Galaxy. Immediately, that's because it, it's the, the the best known, right? I mean, there's also Red Dwarf, and there's other ones out there. Uh, I think it's growing. You have like Futurama and
0: uh, Lower Decks. Star Trek is actually really funny as well. That's well, right. Yeah, but those yeah, are yeah.
1: books. That's TV shows.
0: Yeah. It's
2: TV um, shows, but I, you're, you're right. It is sort of, they could write like, a book free. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's oh, more, okay. there's more of that coming out. Uh, and, um, I, but and as, as much as a, as a compliment, as I take it, I uh, I think that the difference is that, yes, we both have written these books and I'm not saying that it's that I'm, cause I, I put a lot of sci-fi tropes in there as to pay Homage to to things, not necessarily to parody right. them or make fun of them or anything or copy them, uh, but I did put in things that I would kind of make like a little wink uh-huh. uh, sure. to all sorts of different sci-fi things out there. Um, but uh, and I know the humor is very perhaps along the Brit kind of line of absurdity,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and it's got sort of and it's as I said it's it's got the kind of darker stuff in there but uh the big uh, douglas adams was very well known for being uh not uh um uh, terribly uh uh sentimental that's what i was that's the right way. He he was he i think he i've even, I even read something where he was like i don't like to i think it was during the making of, like the movie was being made and this was before he passed away uh and he he wanted to keep a lot of the sentimentality out of out of out of it he didn't
3: he didn't really cold, go for like that space. sort of
2: teary moments and stuff. Uh, and it worked really well for him. He's a genius. Um, uh, but I didn't want to write that book. I wanted to. I mean, as I said, I'm dealing with I was wanted this to deal a lot with sort of mental health issues that I was going through and stuff like that because the lead character so sentiment
0: Pato, would be good, a good thing to explore. Then.
2: Yes. Uh, so, I, feelings. so my book is filled with uh, with teary moments uh, and I've got oh. a lot of people who have sort of like, Oh, this part made me cry. Oh, this part made me cry. And it was like, because I wanted to sort of set that up. So I, I love being compared to Douglas Adams, don't get me wrong. But I think if you're going into it thinking, Oh, this is going to be like this straightforward, like silly, it is like it is, but it veers off into like heart, heart, yeah, and emotion, because I can't not go in that direction, being the emotional human being that I am. Uh, and there was a, yeah, there was a bunch of moments even in the writing besides the, the death of that character <laughs> that uh, I had myself tearing up.
1: Well, that's a pretty powerful stuff. Nick, did you, have you cried while you were writing any of your characters? <laughs> I don't,
0: I don't really go into the sad bits. Uh, so I've done a sci-fi book a while mm-hmm. ago and I've been, uh, I'm in book two of a trilogy in horror right now. So there's not oh, okay. a lot of time to feel emotion it's more terrified and Just i have to fear. scare myself as yeah. much as i can so yeah
1: problem sleeping ever because you've written something so scary
0: don't i don't think yes gotta, I work, have. Harder, <laughs> gotta work harder
1: nick gotta work hard oh you said yes no
0: i, I have okay. but it's more like you're trying to figure something out and you're you you go to bed too wound up right but i don't think i've scared
2: myself have you disgusted <laughs> yourself oh i've or, or made yourself go oh why did what's i think wrong? of that <laughs> what's wrong with me oh.
0: <laughs> A little bit yeah but like i let catherine my wife read my, my opening chapter and she was grossed out by it. i was like yes perfect <laughs> well that's like, just I it right no... that's just it yeah i like the idea of somebody when they catch on fire that their fat renders i mean oh, that's perfect oh. for a horror book that's what that is that's
2: right that's what you want that's yeah what you want i like the
0: sizzling on the the wet pavement when the fat drips onto it that's oh. important to have in your book
2: <laughs> i agree i agree <laughs> uh yeah enough to that and again going back to pk because that's what he he writes horror as well uh so i don't know how emotional he gets into it i have to i've just started uh reading the uh actually the bits of the one he put out
0: if you put emotionality into a horror it, it could it could be way more devastating actually yeah, you, you know
2: what you're horror. absolutely right yeah. you're absolutely right uh because so, when i look at it when i say i have emotion in my book it's 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 all sad, it's not there's no like happy well, there's actually some <laughs> happy emotion. I'm, I'm, I, I'm going, yeah, there actually there was some happy emotions in there, so I okay, maybe I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> I love it. Well, for me, like the, the big thing that helped with my
0: writing is understanding story structure. And yeah. I was just wondering if uh, if you what was have you had like writerly epiphanies where you're like, I can't write, I can't write, and all of a sudden you've produced a book. Yeah, have you yeah. had that kind of moment? For me it was just yeah like oh story structure this has to happen this has to happen right. and then it allowed me to get a whole idea down so i knew what to work towards and i got through the barrier of only being able to get through a chapter or two for a story and i've been able to do three books now N- nothing published but at least i've written right. like three yeah that's, that's a
2: huge accomplishment uh i mean that's the the first big accomplishment the hurdle yeah, yeah. uh it's getting it written that's the, the the bunch everything after that is like okay uh that's the, the meat uh so uh let me see i would say hmm yeah i well i i'm not uh, i think that the the year and a half of screenwriting i did take <laughs> mm. <laughs> for a draft two. actually was quite helpful uh so i went into it with sort of like an idea of like i already know i i still like my this is going to be a three-part bo- uh, series as well uh and
1: uh Ooh, can i it, interrupt yeah. and ask are you still putting up new chapters on how come i can never remember the Wattpad? name what pad yeah
2: uh, I will be. I haven't okay. actually, oh, cool. uh, COVID has sort of slowed me down big time. Uh, I don't have any privacy anymore, uh, so, which is really hard. And the coffee shop that I wrote in is has been closed for a while now. So uh, yes. um, so it's been really difficult to, to steal myself away to, to do, and I haven't really been in the right headspace to do it yet. So right. I've started chapter one. Um, uh, and so and then I know this book is going to be a little bit more difficult, because uh, the first book is in this world the second book is a little bit detached uh, it's more of a time travel kind of thing and then we go back to the main story for the third book which is going to be way it's going to be easier to write again uh, so but for as far as story structure goes I, I it, it, they had me in screenwriting one of the big lessons was know your are ending before you I mean it can always mm, okay. change yeah you know through the evolution of the book but I already know my ending and as i said it might change but i know what it is i know where i'm headed i know my destination and everything else is sort of through the episodic i was like and i don't know uh, as i said story wise it kind of goes for getting from point a to point b almost like a road trip kind of thing yeah so it was just sort of adventures along the way um but i think that yeah i think that uh once i got into the swing of it and what made this book different from the other ones not just giving because i gave myself some freedom and i also had this sort of script to go on for the first you know third of the book um i think what helped the story stay intact uh was knowing that ending and was knowing where i was headed and and I so I sort of wrote instead because I know where the whole story is going. I didn't know where this book was ending. (laughs) So I I sort of just wrote into the what I thought was the good ending that was going to (laughs) go into something new. Uh, And I and I but I took that sort of idea of like a a movie and went, you know, the Sid Field kind of, you know, you got your first 20 minutes and you have your plot point. Then you have your meat and then that you have that other plot point that, that sends you into the conclusion. That something happens that turns it in a different direction, mm-hmm. big battle at the end, kind of thing. Uh, it all, you know, sort of builds to that. Yep. Uh, and kind of went that route, sort of the, um, which is, you know, <clears throat> I, was was fairly easy because of the, because of uh, the screenplay, uh, the screenwriting kind of giving me some that's, story structure ideas and whatnot. And plus, just really reading a lot. I mean, reading and watching movies. I mean that. Yeah. If you're watching them and not really paying attention, that's one thing. But you know, I've always been like a big fan of like plot-heavy movies that uh, you know you sort of paying attention to those 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 moments that kind of send it in different directions and but keep the story rolling. Cool. But I mean, yeah. you, you can go plot-heavy or you can go you know character-heavy. I character think probably yeah. I, went, I probably went a little bit more character-heavy uh, through the first book, really getting to know the characters really well. That's cool. I mean, I think, I think that's how Stephen King gets through
0: his stuff. Like he kind of knows where he wants to go and then he lets the characters figure it out for him.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I don't read Stephen King's stuff, but I have, uh, have read, uh, uh, most of, uh, on writing.
1: There it is. Yeah.
2: That, yes. Yes. I have the, the paperback version of it. Uh, and it's, it's really good. I highly recommend yeah. that to any writer out there who's, uh, is just looking for some like, you know, inspiration it's like it's a really good uh, it's a good read
0: yeah for me it was um save the cat when i was trying to do uh some That's screenwriting nice. as well and it mm-hmm. just broke down um story structure perfectly because yeah it just it, it allowed me to i wonder if figure out where I... to go and not just blow my load really quick
2: <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> something you don't want to hear your brother say <laughs> sorry
0: uh... yeah story load and then the story ended <laughs>
1: oh, well, the sound effects don't help uh, <laughs> uh i wonder if yeah I, I, well, I think so i just read an, uh, an improv book called uh, pirate robot ninja uh and it, it sort of breaks down i should mention who wrote it sorry will will hines and billy merritt uh and it sort of breaks down this idea that all improvisers are either a pirate or a robot until you good, get good enough to be a ninja and i wonder if that's similar to to writing because if if some of them like you said nick are more planners are more mm-hmm. robotic or more dependent on the on having the outline so specific that you know exactly what you're gonna write you know when you're writing it so you spend yeah. more time on the plan than you do on the actual writing of the of the book versus the pirate who's kind of like all right let's let's see what you know all right, let's set this up and then see where it takes us you know right um, anyway, I guess I'm just realizing that that is applicable to all art forms, not well, just improv,
2: but you know what, probably my improv did help with the book too, because, uh, I really, uh, used to, you know, I used to teach improv and, and, uh, did it for many, many years. Uh, I had a, uh, the late, late horror show, which was like a, a weekly, uh, a weekly, like midnight, like B movie parody long form that Ooh. we did. Uh, when it was at the old bad dog, I did it for six years. Almost, uh, we'd oh, take nice. like the the Christmas holidays off, and that was about it. Um, and I, I found that uh, I got to a point, especially with that show, where I really enjoyed being sort of painting myself into a corner, <laughs> uh, just to see how, rid- how to ridiculous out. I could get to get out of it. Yeah, uh, like, and I found that when I was writing the book, I did the same thing. Uh, I would I would purposefully, if I was especially a little bit of writer's block. Cause you don't need to keep it necessarily, but I find that let's write ourselves. my, I, let, let me write myself into a corner and then try to write myself out of it using as much as ridiculous as I want to go. And sometimes I wouldn't, it wouldn't come to me like sitting down writing, but I'd have like a, in my notebook, I'd start scribbling just, you know, top of my head kind of things. And just like, how would, how would they get out of this situation with, yeah. you know, how, 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 and, uh, and something and usually it'd be something ridiculous like, and you know like some it didn't crazy make a heck of a lot of sense yeah. oh, man, uh, some it. crazy justification exactly uh but i think that that sort of dictated where a lot of the book went for sure That's pretty um cool. and uh, i i find that it also helps to and i know you probably do this as well nick uh when you're writing um it's good to give yours put yourself into your leads Mm. Um, to give yourself so to make it a little more real um, yeah now my my lead uh leads Pato and i uh poto is uh this he's called a quarrel he's this type of uh alien um that basically lived on this sort of forest planet but they were all like intellectuals and whatnot uh he was an albino uh of his species um and which was revered on his planet um and uh, but something happened to him and we're not quite sure we're sort of figuring, you know, playing with that and finding out what exactly it was, because when the, the book starts, he's on a prison planet uh, where he's a prisoner and he is an idiot and he can't remember what happened yesterday. He, he's any oh. anybody's he, and he, such this lovely, like goofy, like, oh, he's just so happy about everything kind of character. Uh, and he finds like something good to say about everybody. Uh, to, to the point that it's kind of even annoys people, (laughs) (laughs) um, but he's also, he can't remember anything. So he's just like, it's like, it's like, uh, do you know how to pilot a ship? "Mm, I don't know. Probably. (laughs) uh, I don't know. Let's find out, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and I really based that character on myself or how I see myself. I, on the other hand, is this sort of you know, character is a bit he, he like he's the character that I needed to 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 grow to grow. So mm-hmm. I is sort of a little more about kind of sleazy, kind of like drinks too much and can't hold down a job, and he's just like he's unlikable and he's uh you know, he's the uh, you know, kind of uh so the person
0: you would like to be, basically. No, no, the, it's well that's oh, okay. you're, sorry, you're sorry. close.
2: <laughs> you're close though. It's the person who I fear I am. Ah. That I I fear that this is how people see me, oh. whereas Pato is actually how I see myself, as mm. this sort of lovable idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I also needed to, to, to the eye character to grow, like he starts off as you know like yeah. that, and but he he's he's learning, and I was really interesting because when other people read your book and they they I got a review from my friend Jason Gemmel, who's who's an improviser as well. Uh, and he wrote it and he he noticed something I'd never seen that there's a theme of loneliness in the book, that every character, every character in the book, for whatever reason, is dealing with loneliness, even with or with other people. There's this feeling of not getting not being belonging to anything and not being uh, that
1: people are identifying with that right now.
2: Well, that's just it. I'm having especially this is why I have so many like young women especially between the ages of 18 and 20 well probably the ages of 14 and and 24 reading reading the book and it's Very resonating with time.
0: them in general it's, not not just because of covid but yeah. yeah
2: and i say into it like I, in the forward for the the hardcover that's coming out i said I, i'm saying this book was written for you because you're an alien mm. and so am i or at least that's the way we feel we feel like we you were you were you were you, were, you, you picked this book up because the the stupid title made you go, hmm, <laughs> and, and, and you're, if you, you feel anything from this book, it's because you're an outsider and you're, you're dealing with that. Yeah. And we all are, and, and, you know, we're all aliens and we're all like, we all have to deal with that. And the whole wow. theme of this, I saw the theme of the book and it's, it's summed up in one line, which is um, that Potto, you know, throughout the book actually ends up really affecting a lot of people in really good ways. And, and right before he, right before the, the event at the end, each each of these characters who sort of like pushed him around and whatnot and kind of like, whatever, you crazy idiot, uh, kind of tossed him aside, realized he did when they had to, when they had to part with them. And it was just like this moment of like, and I, and the line came out uh, that again, I cried when I wrote this, which is uh fool's, let see if I can remember, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was basically a Fools have a lot more to give than we than we let them, uh, especially when they when we don't treat them like they're fools. Mm. Uh, because he very much is the fool, and and it's sort of like Lord of the Rings having like heroes come in all sizes kind of thing. Mine is like heroes come in all intelligences too. Mm. And just because you're an idiot and you're slower than everybody else and you can't make things work and you 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 don't have focus or you go through anxiety and depression, you can still be the hero of the story. So I don't know if that's that's, that's that really uh, cheesy. That might be a little no, cheesy. I love that. I like that. <laughs> no, I, I like that a lot. Makes perfect sense for your demographic as well. Yeah, exactly. Because when you're you're a teenager, you are like you don't feel like you belong and you feel like you're but more specifically
0: yeah. you're a teenager on
2: whatpad <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah you're, you're like you're yeah.
0: you're going to be leading this way <laughs>
2: yeah i mean you're going you, you you know you have a huge community that you don't even realize yeah. with anime and whatnot's huge community but you still go to high school every day and even though you have yeah. like millions of 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 people behind you when it comes to like anime and your soup and like they're not at your high
0: school (laughs) you go to high school
2: and how is it that the jocks who are still ruling the the roost and it's like and treating you like garbage and it's like they don't have that they don't go online and have like that same (laughs) community i I mean maybe they do i don't know i have no idea i've never been a jock and i (laughs)
0: It's good. I'm raising one of each, which has oh, been good, really good. interesting because I've got my daughter who's uh, very writerly, and my son who's a mega jock. <laughs> and so, oh, good, good, good. It's been a fun, fun ride.
2: <laughs> I got, I got three, three nerds, uh, which is great. <laughs> well, my third, my, my youngest, Darwin. She is a, she's the more uh, likely to, to, to exercise. <laughs> 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 she likes to play in the park and stuff like that. Griffin and uh, cool. Lily are more are more intellectual. Uh, no, uh, not. Uh, well, I don't even know if that's it. Interior. But maybe, uh, Book- <laughs> they they both have their points. Lily's like a little. She's she's uh, the artist, and Griffin's more the engineer. He loves the maths and the, that kind of thing, and she loves the mm. the arts and and she goes to an art high school and she's just loving it and uh, and uh, and that was oh that's that not related or maybe related i'm not saying but uh it was very important also and i think in sci-fi we have this responsibility to put in and i hate when i see like star trek and all these people complaining about oh that episode was too woke i'm like oh are you serious like this is sci-fi that's that's what sci-fi is yeah yeah you know and it's and it, it it's like so i'm not saying that my book is woke or anything like that but i did really want to I have a lot of same-sex uh relationships that i just wanted to mix in and just not ever acknowledge them yeah uh that's different it's it's uh, yeah well i just wanted to i wanted to make like i'm a a huge lgbtq uh plus supporter and ally um i have uh you know folks in my family uh lots of friends uh i'm not even gonna go into myself too much about it but uh you know i I don't know if we all go one way or the other i think there's a lot of gray area there but uh the spectrum that's right so uh i and i think that i wanted to just normalize it i'm like i'm not going to make a big deal of it i do have one character who 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 wants to be a a, huge huge muscle intergalactic janitor and he's like he really wants to be a, a a woman and I really wanted to to, to bring that out as, and it's sort of come, played as kind of a little bit funny at the top but I don't really want to I'm not making fun of it at all I really wanted to show that how difficult it is for people who are especially this huge stature mm. uh and he, he hates the fact that he, he hates his body because mm. even these people with all these muscles are like not necessarily happy right yeah, and then I wanted to bring you, it out at the end I, and so I bring him out at the end and I'm just like he finally comes out to his uh this little asshole that he travels with and, and the asshole's like, I don't care. <laughs> see, because see, I just wanted to sort of, as I said, normalize it and just yeah. go, this is, these are my, uh, these are my people. These are my friends. These are my, these are my families. This is a, yeah. this needs to be, I want to, I, I don't want it all. And I, the other thing comes out, it's like when you write and you go like, Oh my God, did I do this completely from a white perspective? Mm. I don't want that either. But then I realized yeah. I read it and I went, there's not that most of these people are aliens, <laughs> right? Like, and besides just... Pato, who's an albino, I don't really talk about the color of anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's... I think I, there's one species that are lilac colored. <laughs> that sounds lovely,
1: <laughs> especially if they smell that way too.
2: Yeah, but this is a that's I think <laughs> as I said, a sci-fi. I think it's a that's been the, the role of sci-fi. Absolutely, it's been I... you, we teaches us like either not what not to do or, or how to do things or, you know, like it, it, it it's usually a, a, some sort of comment on society. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: and it's, we should play with that. And I think we th- even if it's just like light and it's just sort of like subtle, it's, it it, it's good that it's in there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got to travel if we want to head towards a utopia, this is a good way to, to you know, learning our lessons from, you know, people who have done it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. It helps a lot anyway, sorry. I think I'm watching Space 1999 on uh, Amazon right now, Amazon Prime. The first uh, season is up there. So 1975 and it might be the first sci-fi I've ever watched that really doesn't have any lessons. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) It's still fun. It's still fun. And it's, but it's, it's the science behind it is ridiculous. They're, they're they're on a, their spaceship, their spaceship is basically a, a moon base. Okay. They were they were all working on a moon base, and then some explosions happened on the moon base, which send the moon hurtling into space. <laughs> 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 so now they're just living on the moon as it is it's like they're on a spaceship wait, they can't wait. steer. What uh, what
1: is it called? Moon, uh,
2: space 1999. Okay. The funny thing is, is first of all, you go, how how how, how, how if there was enough explosion to make the moon yeah. go off into space, <laughs> wouldn't that be the same to like destroy the moon? Yeah. And not only that, but it would affect the earth in the rest of the catastrophic earth. ways, yeah. and all they say, I think, at the first episode was, Oh, yeah, there was an earthquake earthquake in Europe, something like that. Was, what
3: <laughs> that's it, that's but, probably all that would happen. But it's
2: like, oh, That's an earthquake in Europe and East Asia. I don't yeah, know. It, it hit Russia, no <laughs> one nah, cared. they're fine, they're fine. Uh, that's how science was worked in 1975.
1: Those are the days, and a young
2: Martin Landau. Ooh. actually i say young he was my age he's actually 47 when he when he made <laughs> like this show. martin landau
0: was never young <laughs> yeah i
2: know it's really weird and you know what he sounds like uh he sounds like uh he talked really fast like this and he sounds like uh fred armisen and i'm like oh wow. i had no idea that because i only know him as an old show. man <laughs> i only know him as an old man and to see him play this this 47 year old with dark hair and everything he just comes across that way and he talks really fast so he really reminds me of that oh, and i was wow. like said Fred Armisen could play this in, like the movie but, <laughs> which is Fred Armisen is actually on in the, the moon base show the yeah base show yeah yeah <laughs>
1: maybe that's what it was inspired by
2: yeah um okay. anyway I, I went off topic there you gonna- no i love it. it i love this
1: topic.
2: <laughs> nobody I, needs to know my uh, my opinion about space 1999 <laughs> a show that
1: everybody does a show
2: that never really caught on <laughs>
1: um fun gosh, though, we're it. gonna move we're gonna move into the the sure. our more emotional part of the podcast i'm sure it'll is, be mine too yeah good well you mentioned uh mental mental health um uh, mm-hmm. and uh and i guess you know the pandemic have you know restricting your sort of ability to go out and and get work done uh, besides that or even diving into that a little bit, what kind of what kind of struggles have you ex- encountered as a as a writer and comedian and voice artist and, and all of these you know things that uh, you know com- right. combined are your career.
2: Well, I uh, many years ago, when my my youngest daughter was like one, I guess it was one because my wife went uh, she when she went back to work. maternity leave i was working in casting and i actually realized to put three kids into daycare at that time uh would have cost me a dollar fifty an hour to work (laughs) so uh and my wife had a better paying job as she always has uh because i've always been in the arts um and she had the benefits so it was more important Mm -hmm. that she kept uh so i quit my job and i stayed home and i became a stay-at-home dad uh and i did that for many years um and once they were all in school, I, I started feeling the emptiness of like, just like, okay, when they're in school and I, I was auditioning still, but for acting roles and stuff. Um, but I think that really hit my, my self-esteem and my, my, uh, and not because I don't think that men should not be stay at home dads. In fact, I'm wholly full for it. Uh, I think it's important. And I think that I've had, I think I've done pretty well. And I think that, uh, I've, I've would never trade that time for anything with my kids. Uh, I've always been my wife and I've always sort of been the reverse uh, of like the nuclear family,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
2: the nineteen fifties thing. Uh, my my wife has always been the one to get power tools for Christmas and the <laughs> one who gets cooking utensils. Uh, like she knows how to. She did the renovated the basement while I was, you know, making dinner and and you know with the kids <laughs> So it's like, and that's just the way it's always been. But you do still get this feeling of sort of uh, that you're that this isn't. And it's programmed into us very young. Uh, So my dad worked and my mom worked as well, but my dad had the career. He was a teacher. My mom worked in stores and stuff like that. And she would take a, you know, she worked part-time when we were little and stuff like that. So it wasn't, you know, so, but dad was like the breadwinner and mom was the the homemaker and that was the way it was. Uh, Didn't really think too much about it. They didn't seem to complain about it. Uh, You know, dad wasn't useless when it came to home stuff and mom wasn't, uh, mom was, you know, was smart and, and it, so i mean it, it's not like they had any issues that mm-hmm. were i i wasn't raised in like a machismo house or anything right what I'm saying. uh it wasn't
1: like slammed in your face no
2: yeah exactly um dad wasn't exactly uh you know uh you know super like manly man he was a he was a skinny small town school teacher with you know uh who, who liked sports but his he was a more of the coach than Mm. the player he was more the ran the the you know the hockey pool in town than (laughs) play hockey uh so uh but i had that ingrained so uh i think i went through sort of a huge sort of depression going through that where i didn't feel like i belonged anywhere i didn't feel like i had a place in the world i felt like um here i was this actor who wasn't successful i was this writer who couldn't write anything i was this you know wasn't getting and he worked at the odd commercial here and there and that was about it. Uh I was improvising but that didn't pay anything and and I was you know had a <laughs> I had a I had a, a you know a good reputation there in live comedy but that again your audience is this group in Toronto you know it's like that's it mm-hmm. it's not never really reaches outside of that. And uh I was my wife was working hard and she was you know she had to travel an hour and a half to get to work an hour and a half home on on the subway uh and though she always had dinner on the table ready for her when she got home i really felt like she was doing all this and i really wasn't doing anything i didn't put any value on myself and i i can totally see how uh you know back before you know when it was a little bit more of that 50s mentality how women suffered through this as well and i'm like oh god you know it's so horrible that they that they they you really need to i think society really needs to put more more of a pat on the back to to uh, people who do this uh, and yeah. not make them feel like shit, because I, that's what happened. I felt like shit all the time because I would I would be at like a barbecue with or a family gathering and an uncle would come up and say, so what are you doing these days? And I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I get to feel useless for the next uh, half hour uh, that I'm not contributing to my family or society, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know,
1: literally, you know, feeding your children. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know? And I'm raising them and, and no uh, lie, making and good it. people. Yeah. Uh, and so that really kind of bore in and you know it didn't I'm not gonna lie when I go to like I would I was like I need to get out especially when they were little and there were mommy groups that Mm. you know they meet and have coffee and I did one once and I literally felt like a leper (laughs) and it wasn't it wasn't their fault I mean they're just like they're talking about mom stuff like breastfeeding and stuff and and I'm sitting there going yeah, don't have, get me you know, started yeah. about my
3: nipples
2: yeah I'm like I don't I don't really have much to contribute and I would find that if I went to the park with my kid they'd be off playing and if I was sitting on the park bench every time a new new parent came into the park with their kid I'd have to shout out to Darwin like uh Darwin uh get yeah are you okay do you not, need a drink not a, not a pervert I'm yeah. here with and the that kid. was it that was it that was that's why I did it I was like I was it was my way of just Communicating to them that I wasn't just some creepy guy sitting on a bench watching children play. Yeah.
0: You, no you mom need ever a
2: shirt yeah, No <laughs> mom ever had to deal with that. Uh they have a whole other thing to deal with. So don't yeah, get man, me wrong. I, you I'm guys, not...
1: I go to parks all the time and nobody asks me anything. Where's
2: your child, <laughs> young lady? But at the same time, uh, you know, as I said, I'm not saying men have it worse because we definitely don't. Uh no, I'm not, I would never still... say that in the it's just, but this is how it affected me personally. Of course, of course. Uh so. I think that uh, when COVID hit, uh I just my book was just sort of going through the process. Uh uh I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of when that came out. It was so that was
1: still quite recent. Or it's it is yeah, this came out recent.
2: in December, but the, the okay. process started before that. Um yeah, I think I was just I was still doing auditions and writing on uh on uh wattpad and i think I'd, I'd finished the book but now i was in that no man's land of how would do i do with it mm-hmm. uh and i've happily found that weird happy medium between big publishing and and publishing myself uh which is usually a hybrid and hybrid is a very scary thing because it, it's 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 it can be good but you can get ripped off really easily uh it's basically a publishing company that makes you pay for everything <laughs> but it's easier to get into right, right. you can buy your way in and say i want to publish yeah. my book and they'll help you but for a fee right um but anyway uh getting back to the where was i um it was so okay, yeah so i was uh but you know m- this was stressful i mean and i had had just had a couple years ago a really good run of like i got a i was some voices in mocap in a video game I was a uh, in assassin's creed uh oh uh, cool that's a big uh, one odyssey yeah um i'm uh Dyniki's, i think i have like the first line in the whole game that's not like this the narrator uh <laughs> just in the opening scene um but anyway and i play other characters throughout it and this was a really big deal i thought this was going to start a new career and i i never heard back from them again oh, after that so don't. i was like okay other people were like, "Oh, once you're in, you're in." I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't think I impressed them too much." <laughs> uh, I mean, which, again, is it self-esteem even a question of
1: like, yeah, is it even a question of um, impressing, or is it a question of like, I don't know, like, everything went to hell because of COVID? Well, no, because or...
2: this is a still a few years ago. So oh, okay. I'm just still leading up to it because it takes okay, me forever to okay. tell any story. No, and you're I like regret oh, having good. me on here.
1: <laughs> it's gonna it take you so much easy. editing. No, I was um, gonna like click. And then let it go
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is like a four-hour podcast um so i uh i but i found the first thing that happened when COVID and the, everything shut down was one it didn't affect me very much at all uh, right. but like it i mean <laughs> my my schedule because i was uh but once but we decided to, to keep the kids home uh for online well they everybody was yep. kept that that first bit you, everybody you, was kept you, you online
1: too, be alike, more alike than we you guys are, yeah, our, our you guys guys are, are probably living a similar online. life too
2: <laughs> yeah well and so i i uh but my wife uh who had been working at the same company uh office manuf- manufacturing company but she worked in like the offices like uh like everything from uh data entry to like i don't know I, I, it, it, she, to me it was like one of those chandler bing jobs that he, <laughs> she goes off to an office and i don't really know what she does uh but uh she uh i mean don't get me wrong i i did pay attention when she'd explain it to me i wasn't like i don't <laughs> care what she does it wasn't like that uh, i just didn't understand a lot of it um because i am my character done. i don't understand a lot of things <laughs> uh, uh, but she uh but she got laid off after oh. 20 she worked oh. there for almost 24 oh. years uh just over 23 and uh and that was hard because it was like okay she's on like i mean she's getting this 24 23 years she got offered a severance package it wasn't great so we had to get a lawyer involved and all that kind of stuff but she still has this severance but you know this is she has to find a she's finding it uh, having to do a resume for the first time in like 25 years having to all this stuff she just turned 50 and she's like now she's like uh like I have to like recreate myself at 50, uh, um, uh, yeah. during a pandemic. <laughs> um, yep. It's, cool. And so that's added a huge amount of stress, but that's made, you know, not to make it all about me, because I am totally oh, understanding what nasty. she's going through, but how it's Look, affected Sean, me. We're,
1: is... not, we're not interviewing her right
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Screw her. <laughs> she, she has her moment of scent. Uh the, uh, sorry. That's funny. Uh, she, uh, no, she, um, so I'm, I'm worried about that and I'm worried about her and I'm still sort of trying to do this, but I know if I go full job, one, I'm not qualified to do anything and two, uh, <laughs> so my resume would, I, I was in a <laughs> video game, hire me for your, you, your greeter at Walmart, uh, cause that's pretty much all I'm yeah, I, can I can do, talk. I can talk, uh, and uh, thank you (laughs) i don't know how to take that (laughs) well you can talk (laughs) we found that out um we uh uh, but so i but that kind of put me more in a downward spiral Mm -hmm. because now i felt even more useless uh because now she comes she comes in and she sort of just her nature likes to be busy and stuff sort of took mm. over helping the kids with their homework. She took over, oh. uh, suddenly yeah. getting them breakfast and stuff, which I always did and, and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Cause I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff right now. So I'm sort of, and I'm, and now I'm, I'm sitting down trying to start this, the next novel and my, I can't, I'm, I feel like I said, my self-esteem is already really low, so it's been really, it just got lower and lower and lower and, uh, to the point where for like a couple months it was really hard to to climb out of it and uh and get started again um and then the the book came out and that helped but uh again it's been like it's still it's still to this day it's really difficult uh she hasn't i mean she hasn't found anything uh yet right
1: uh well, she will the, i know she will yeah we're still in the thick of it
2: yeah you know? yeah she will but uh but there's that stress of like you know we've never been like a a big money making machine kind of family. And it's never really we've never really cared about it. To be honest, we've right? you know, I see people in these huge houses and I'm like, why do you need that much room? I'm like more of a hobbit. I'm like, I like my cozy little spaces. Mm. I don't need to. Like, we- where do
0: you work and how do I get in on that? <laughs> Give me a piece of that action. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so anyway, so she yeah, we've been just living off her severance and and uh, I've gotten a few little things, but nothing major uh, right. again. So I don't feel like I can, I still don't feel like I'm contributing. I, I'm still look at now she's the one looking for work and I'm like, well, why aren't you looking for work? Why is it on her? Right. And it being because she will get the better job, (laughs) uh, two, I will never finish book two if I start working full-time. Yeah,
1: That's the thing as an artist too, right? Is it, you know, you, you've got to value the work that you're doing and even the process of it. Even if, in these moments you know the it's you're not getting a, a an hourly wage like somebody else would you yeah know? that's i don't know that's one of the hard things about i've had yeah. to like give myself a timer uh for like when i'm writing just emails you know just when i'm doing like my at home work to make it feel like it's work even though i'm not getting paid you know to do it because i know i'm an improviser and a right right You know, like teaching improv, sure, that's that I get, you know, that's that's a job. But like, oh, planning shows and putting on, you know, in your case, you know, planning your your next novel and, you know, even just sitting down to write, sometimes it feels like, oh, well, this isn't this isn't work you know until it's done and until it i can sell it but it's still you know you you still have to put in the hours and that's i don't know what am i trying to say i'm trying to say it's still work I, you're still working right? you're
2: still working but it kind of feels like for now it kind of feels like you're just kind of working and then throwing it into this bottomless pit this mm-hmm. empty hole that it's like don't know where it's going you know mm-hmm. uh well, it's, it's not landing I think anywhere it's the problem
0: with anyone who does like creative stuff mm-hmm. uh like whenever you look at well, what do you do when society's in trouble or in the apocalypse? Like, oh, what can you do? Well, I can, I'm a doctor or I can, you know, grow corn. I can (laughs) write a joke. (laughs) Like You feel useless. And we're kind of going through an apocalyptic moment with the stupid pandemic right now. Mm. Yeah, Um, exactly. But I think what we're finding is uh, entertainment is helping a lot of people to get by. Yeah. So there oh, we got sure. that going for us, which is nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, we have this. I mean, can, I I can't imagine having going like going through what we're going through and not having this Zoom and this yeah. uh, these other things like Zoom that are like these FaceTime th- like I it saved my yeah. sanity. I host a Thursday night pub night. Ooh. Like oh. every, every Thursday night I host this uh uh, pub night. It's a. Uh, it's sort of like a through. It started through SoCap,
0: okay.
2: Uh, and Ralph McLeod started it, and then he uh, he handed it off to me, and now I host it. Uh, and I don't know what I'd do without it. It's like mm. I got a core group of people that are there every week. There's a it's game like- room where they go play Jackbox. Uh, I've heard
1: of Jackbox and have not played Jackbox.
2: You would love it. You oh, would be, improvisers love this. The I know that's why I'm so scared fun.
1: about it. I'm like, yeah. I'm worried it's like one of these things that'll trap me and then I'll be, I won't yeah. leave. The well, it's fun. I mean, <laughs> coming. Come
2: no, it's a good way to like. It's good to like sort of, you know, uh, relax. Just have these yeah. people to talk to. We're all going through the same thing. Everybody's sort of like, we don't have any like right wing crazies Pear. in there good uh good point <laughs> you know there's no i don't know if i can i say that you have a lot of right you wing can, uh yeah have no, no right red wingers on this no show <laughs> no.
0: we often believe if they ever show up <laughs>
1: we find out yeah. mid-interview that they voted for uh the blues the, the blues right. whoever calls them the blues nobody the blues <laughs>
2: yeah i guess that's why we call them the uh <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, i uh like this has really helped and I, I have to I want to say, though, um, despite what I've just said about my self-esteem and my mental health, I'm also uh it's important and I think it's important for all of us to really be grateful for what we do have, because this has really mm-hmm. made me go as, as much as has as useless as I feel. And I feel like a useless human being oh. like all the time. But at the same time, I still wake up every morning and go, I have a house.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it's not a big house. Uh, you know, it's not much bigger than some people's apartments, but it's a house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we may we may have I may have five people fighting over one bathroom, but I got a bathroom. Mm-hmm. I have a fridge that's full of food. Uh, You're people's dad. That's yeah, huge. You have five, I'm people's yeah, dad. Yeah, uh, you got
1: people in there who care about you.
2: And and I'm not. And, you know, we at least have Kim Severance. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't have that. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful. And I, you know, though these, you know, these are all well, like, uh uh problems of uh oh, it's what's the word uh privilege privilege yes yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and i totally uh, uh no it's not yeah privilege is the word but what's the other one everybody uh why can i never remember this word <laughs> my wife makes fun of me because i'm always like uh, uh encouragement because i always want to say encouragement which is a total opposite word uh when you have when you I feel like you uh mind. you are owed something
1: oh entitlement
2: oh, entitlement why can't yeah. i ever think <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it, i have these have certain words about i have these certain words that that have that that don't go in and yeah. i can't and i go and i, I get too, stuck on them every time
1: this app is that you keep what wattpad, wattpad.
2: <laughs> that took me a while too we have in our in in our uh, by our dining table we have one of those uh <laughs> buffets a buffet, <laughs> and I can never remember. I keep calling a duvet. I yep. keep calling it. No. I keep. I'm like, put it. It's on the duvet, <laughs> on your bed. No, on the you know the bench, the table thing confused, with the mirror. I
1: confused <laughs> duvet and what's the bed that folds out or the couch that folds out into a bed.
2: God, this is brutal.
1: Highway? <laughs> no
2: uh here we go we're terrible this
1: is terrible we are
2: the the whole show should just be this you know what do you call it it when you it
1: doesn't even matter the not a murphy
2: bed (laughs) uh no uh, not
1: a day bed either Nick, you have one outside i know
2: i could
0: look at it right now and i forgot what it's called right now because you're asking me about it
2: (laughs) oh boy
1: a bed couch
2: hideaway no it's a it's a it's um
1: no. Futon! Couch. Futon! Futon. futon oh yeah. a futon.
2: I, th- I didn't know that was where you're going i thought you meant the one where, like, you like clunk, clunk uh, when you break oh, your yeah, spine on it that's a uh,
1: yeah no i just the ones that slide in yeah it, the, the futons. futon yeah yeah yeah, I yeah see it. i have
2: an entitlement and it, it, i don't maybe that just shows my entitlement that i can't remember <laughs> this word <laughs> but it's just because it, it always gets replaced by other words that are like it mm. and then I, then i can't find it again
1: <laughs> it goes away and it hides yeah uh, but
2: like like do du- not do See, I lost Futon, it again. There it is. Yeah. Futon. Buffet. Oh, buffet. <laughs> Which is uh, weird because it's like, hey, do you want to go to uh that restaurant that's a buffet? I can remember the it that Chinese way. <laughs> I can remember it that way, oh but I God. can't remember it as a piece of furniture. Yeah. I
1: think that's the piece of furniture's fault for not being descript enough as a piece of furniture. That's like, right. If, or serving unlimited food. Yeah. That's maybe right. if you imagine there's food in it constantly, maybe then it'll be easier to remember its name. That's right, that's right. Um, yeah it's yeah well sean i i mean it sounds like you know it sounds like it, those are some real struggles that you're in the middle of <laughs> and um i don't know i i don't because sometimes it's like you know we had a ryan dylan on recently who was uh uh, stand-up comic, and he was like, "Well, I was miserable, and then I ran a hundred kilometers, and I feel like it's not always as easy as running a bunch of kilometers." You know what I mean? Because yeah. Sometimes it's a process, and it's and it's you know,
3: it's, it's
2: yeah, and people and are getting tired and and, and exhausted, and uh, and looking for a bit of normalcy and. Mm and i mean like nick you said your kids are at home Uh, it's hard it's hard teaching them it's hard helping them it's hard i've been keeping up with the teachers but like my son is having a real hard time keeping up with projects to hand in he's just not motivated my my teenage daughter lily is uh, you know she's not like she's finding a depression is hitting her in weird ways where she doesn't seem depressed but she's just has no sort of drive. Yeah. Uh, and it and it affects me too, because I'm like, as I feel like i, I, I there's more I can be doing to sort of to, to and- yeah, to help them out. and at the same time, giving them their space is is i'm so glad this didn't happen when I was a teenager because we didn't have. You know yeah. Discord and all these other ways of chatting with your friends. We you just had a telephone. It would have been um,
0: brutal. We would have had to do all our our lessons and mail it in and crap like that. It would have been yeah. shit. Oh, well
2: man. I don't think we would yeah we wouldn't have been able to do the online they would have had to just say well I guess you're not taking grade eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh or you do it next year. Um but uh okay. there's you know uh, uh the other and this is also uh, You know, a thing, you mentioned the the running and stuff like that. I love that some people, I love hearing the stories of some people going, oh, I turned it around by, and I suddenly got motivated because that's been my biggest problem is I just can't feel motivation. Mm. Yeah, I have I I have one little thing I have to do, and I I literally will put it off, and I can't, and I then I just want to lie in bed, and I'm like my neck hurts from lying down so much because I'm just feeling useless, right. and you just lie there and just feel gross. And so I've been going out to Taylor Creek and going for walks yeah. as much as we can, my wife and I, uh, yeah. which I'm really gonna miss when she goes back because I don't I I wish we could win the lottery just so she didn't have to go back to work.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I've always said if I won the lottery. All I'd want to do, and this is just because where my brain is, and I would just put it in the bank and just live my life exactly how it is now, but without the worry. Yeah, yeah that sounds <laughs> Instead good. of being behind on all my bills and worried all the time. Oh, yeah, um, because other than that, I, you know, I, I, I have a good life, I think, uh, but I have gained, I, I, I lost 60 pounds uh, before all this happened. I did keto. Well, I, I found them. Yeah. Well, I've gained you 40 keto. back. That's what I did okay. Keto is
1: scary like that.
2: Well, I, it's the problem is that I was doing keto and I, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I didn't do like the serious, like, you know, I'm making sure I was eating this much fat and everything. I was like, no, 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 that's, I don't want a lot of fat either. So I kept this, I kept the fat just normal. All I did was yeah. basically take sugar out of the equation and, uh, and say, you guys wheat? Are Yeah, I got, I got rid of carbs. Yeah. Or just brought the carbs way down. Cause I think it's carbs yeah. and everything, but brought them then way you notice down. How frigging awesome carbs are. Yeah, they're awesome. I like them more Carbs than sugar now. Carbs are the like, Piece of bread like is joke. so easy. It's <laughs> so convenient. And then when you
0: realize that beer is a carb too, i mean, like, well, well I'm screwed then because yeah. I'm not giving this up.
2: <laughs> no, I still drank like, because there's like low carb beers and stuff like that. So I was still doing that or low sugar wines. Uh, but I also found that uh, that when this all started, I started to, I was like, okay, I kind of started cheating just a little bit by just yeah. uh, potato chips at night. That's it. Mm. But I still don't eat well, sugar.
0: Dude. I, was, I still don't it, eat wheat when this kicked off i started eating doritos for breakfast
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's just it all i did was add potato chips at night not a lot but i just have like some potato chips at night or maybe some yeah. popcorn and mm-hmm. i added a few more beers maybe a little bit more than a few <laughs> and yeah. 40 pounds wow. it's like yeah. it? i mean it sucks i'm like well, how slow is my metabolism that i actually gained 40 pounds Still not eating sugar <laughs> <laughs> or wheat oh, or man. carbs. I, I mean, besides the potato chips, which have carbs, I know. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I'm still not eating gluten. I'm still not, you know. I and I'm still. I'm like, this isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like it's My our old man body trying to like protect us from what's happening out
2: yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> by making it. Yeah, and it's like, uh, but then I, you know, you do your auditions now. And it's like I can't wear that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That one won't do up properly luckily
1: they don't have to see from the waist down right yeah <laughs>
2: uh, it's like every time i see it myself in profile on camera like my whole body i look I, all i think is like i look like a bowling pin <laughs> uh
1: um anyway. so, uh, yeah i i mean i don't nick you, i don't know what to say to that it's fun and self-deprecating but it's also <laughs> like i don't know we're going through some shit here well yeah. i can I,
0: Go I can it. throw a little bit of light out there. Cause um, I find if I do the bare littlest thing, like I, I've printed off uh, my first book, uh, sorry, my second book to do some editing and just going through and doing a little bit of work uh, gave my endorph endorphins, my yep. whatever, but my dopamine hit a little bit. So I felt a little bit better about myself that I was at least kicking the can forward. And you know if you could do little things that help you feel a bit better, like some self-care stuff, it's just gonna make you f- improve and be a better person around others as well yeah. so it's you, you can't think of it as something selfish. it's something just to, you got to take care of yourself before you can take other take care of other people as well so there's there's we no we harm in baths. in trying to feel a bit better.
1: take a nice warm bath that's my <laughs>
0: that's mm-hmm. my advice.
2: you know you're and you're absolutely right and i think that's i think that's the hardest part especially with you know getting motivated to do things it's 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 uh it's being good to yourself and i've always and i think that's another thing you learn as a uh, perhaps as a stay-at-home parent is that you really do start to forget yourself and lose yourself into into being there for other people and making sure they're always happy uh you know i mean you heard stories of of this from as i said going back to that sort of 1950s stereotype uh you know housewives you know Mm -hmm. going through huge depressions and whatnot and and whatnot because they they lost who they were once they had kids Mm -hmm. and uh i think that i literally think that every man in every relationship should should spend should should take a year off with his and, and let his wife go to work and he if like if they have that relationship mm-hmm. uh and see it from her point of view because uh, i know a lot of guys still who are like they get home and they're like well i worked all day but she should be doing it. and it's like that's not how it works dude no. and stop calling it babysitting oh we got to babysit the kids today no you're not babysitting you're the parent
1: you're fathering <laughs>
2: you're fathering you're yeah. parenting you're not a babysitter like yeah. to do your stop doing yourself any, like any disservice because oh, uh don't call it that you know service. don't be don't be a shitty husband <laughs> like that. or a shitty man don't be a shitty man oh i so like sh- a shitty man there's so many shitty men there's out there stop being shitty a shitty men. man yeah stop it stop being a shitty man be a good man i like that charlie brown yeah be a good <laughs> man, good charlie, man brown. Charlie,
1: brown. charlie brown
2: i have charlie brown in my name Sean. my middle name is charles and my last name oh, is Browning, yes. so it's, i actually have charlie brown built well, it no wonder
1: name. you keep coming up with cartoon character uh, yeah titles and characters and struggle with football <laughs> yeah and struggle <laughs> with football it's, it's right
2: and there. uh and think that grief can be good yeah good, <laughs> good grief, good grief. <laughs> oh, Sean, i love it
1: thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today um, is there, so if people want to get your book or if they want to find Here. out more about you, uh, where where should we send them?
2: Uh, well, you can send them to, uh, you can send them, they, they can order it on Amazon. Cool. Uh, they can order it uh, if, if you're having aversion to Amazon, which uh, I don't blame anybody for that. Uh, you can order it from in Canada, from chapters in the States from uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can actually and states you can even order from Walmart i just found out.
0: i can think you get it on kindle and stuff that's
2: really weird yeah you can get it on kindle it's available on kobo like all those uh uh anywhere that you download books i'm working on the audiobook right now so soon that should be out uh Ooh. and uh you know so and this or you can go to uh and i i, I you know go there anyway yeah. uh <laughs> uh go to storywell publisher oh, i think it's just uh storywellpublishing.com Okay. storywellpublishing.com and uh you can check out my book and soon uh pk's book which is called uh butterflies in glass cases Ooh. will be there uh you can check out uh, dave schmokel uh his book too that's on there uh to my publisher he actually goes by the name jd todd when he writes and his book is called covenant exodus Ooh and There's um titles for names and uh a skylark in the fog is coming out and nick's book is name is escaping Me, but it's by nick Decroft, and he's an amazing human being so buy his book as well but it's a, those are all on uh, uh storywellpublishing.com so check that amazing. out um and that's basically it um yeah my new improved uh, typo free book is uh, should, be, should, be a, should be the one that you get. You'll know if the squiggly lines between like on the chapters, they, the one way I'll be able to tell is, you know, these little squigglies between that separate oh, an idea and yeah. a chapter. He changed them to little light bulbs.
3: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. if you got if you got one of
2: the little light bulbs, you got the right one. If, you, if it doesn't have little light bulbs, then you may find a few yeah. little things and my, please forgive me. I love that. It wasn't uh, all my fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Sean. Anything else from you, Nick? What do you think?
0: No, I I think this has been a, a great conversation.
1: Will you say struggle on with us?
2: Yeah. Oh, sorry. Struggle ma- on. It made it sound
1: like we were all saying it at the same time, but it was one at a time. All right. Thank you, Sean. Struggle on. Struggle on. Struggle on. Yay. Thank you. that was episode 68 of the constant struggle podcast with sean browning what an episode what an awesome episode i was gonna say epic episode but then i was worried i would stumble over my words
0: and um, then crash back three and a half years to when people were still saying epic a lot
1: people are totally still saying epic are they not i think people are I, saying dank now about things that no passed. there's no way dank is back dank is come is back. on especially anyway, whatever, uh, that episode, Nick was super dank.
0: (laughs) It was epically dank. It was (laughs)
1: epically dank. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to uh, check out Sean Browning's website at the You can check out his book and all of his cool stuff. Uh, where right books are made website. <laughs> books, yeah you, well i mean yeah and they'll and, definitely and purchased be able, and yeah. yeah exactly uh and if you just want to follow him socially you can also i mean that sounds so creepy <laughs> but
0: go to his house and, yeah go to know, his house list. yeah no, no I take mean, this like, out go to
1: twitter how about twitter just do twitter you could go
0: to twitter yep
1: at sean underscore browning and you'll find him there
0: and uh you could while you're there you can look yeah. us up too <laughs> and uh-huh. say hi to us at yeah, the uh, struggle pod
1: and our houses
0: and no a, no yeah. wait, no we're, no, 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 we're s- still social distancing let's keep the uh yeah that's right the pod stocking to a minimum nick
1: you got your vaccine way to go i did if you enjoyed this episode be sure to like and subscribe to our smash podcast. smash that like button <laughs> smash it so hard and if you could you know what you know what would really help what would help us so much even though we've been doing like we've been doing this for so long man we haven't asked this that often before but i'm gonna ask you right now please rate and review our podcast on uh, either Podbean or apple podcasts it'll go so far it'll help us so much we got one just recently we're so excited about it it's five stars Egg, five stars and uh delicious it says, mm-hmm, it says that uh our podcast is soul food isn't that nice soul food it comes from oh my god struggling. i stand by the delicious then Brie. right Excellent. yeah it Yum. makes sense it works uh struggling artist number one cajillion. thank you so much for that wonderful little review uh, we really appreciate it thanks a bunch oh and if you have struggles of your own that you would like to share yeah, about that was
0: every get in touch with us yeah, uh, like reach we're, we're all struggling out there clearly
1: especially right now especially during all of this nonsense if you want to talk about how it's affecting your art you know, reach out, let us know. Uh, you can reach out to us on our Facebook at uh, the Constant Struggle Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter at StrugglePod and Instagram at StrugglePod. Let us know what's going on. Let's chat it out. Let's help each other keep creating during this crazy time.
0: What do you think, Nick? We, we need all the creativity we can uh, to cheer us the heck up. That's right. Help us,
1: help us through this craziness. And also, you know, like, get a needle if you can yeah oh
0: cool. yeah
1: nick that was awesome uh good luck to you with your editing
0: oh thanks Bree. i'm gonna need all the help i can get luck we'll
1: see you next time then
0: struggle on
1: struggle on struggle on <laughs> it's true <laughs> you only struggle when i struggle with you <laughs> that was struggle. cool da, 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 struggle on
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing yay